You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today is Wednesday, September the 16th. My name is Lucas Smith. Locked On Cardinals is a podcast talking everything St. Louis Cardinals. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Just like Monday, I'm sure that the Cardinals are not a source of your joy today with an unfortunate game, to say the least. Last night against the Milwaukee Brewers is the Cardinals' fall. This is not me miss, miss saying the score. As the Cardinals fall 18-3. to three. It was not pretty to say the least. It was not a fun game to watch. And the Cardinals seem to have the postseason slipping away from their fingertips as we speak. So we will go ahead and have to talk about that today, sadly. Um, the unfortunate game that was last night. We will also be talking about the postseason bubble, my thoughts on that, and if the Cardinals can actually make the postseason, what that means for the postseason bubble for St. Louis. And then I will also talk about the doubleheader that is happening today with first pitch at 4.15, I believe is the first pitch for that. Um, Excuse me, 4.10 is the first pitch for the doubleheader tonight. So we will talk about all of that. On today's episode, thank you for listening today. Uh, always appreciate you guys listening. So let's get into the game last night. It started off well. Cardinals with uh, were able to get on the board with a, a Goldschmidt double, and you know I, I think it was a super good start. Everybody was super excited. Danny Mack, uh, the broadcaster, was super excited in his call of the Goldschmidt double, and you think, okay, with, with Flaherty on the bump, you feel pretty good. And then you, you you don't feel very good. Uh, Flaherty leaves two pitches over the plate to Yelich and uh, Mr. Braun. And that is just not what you like to see as they go back to back. And beyond that, I'm not really going to get into any of the specifics other than the fact that Flaherty gave up nine runs in three innings. Woodford gave up five runs in an inning and a third. Kaminsky gave up three runs, two of those earned. And uh, Chris Matt actually only gave up one run in three innings of relief. I know Bill Chris might actually kind of save the day a little bit there with three innings, able to eat up some outs without giving up too many runs. Uh, that was, you know, pleasant to see, actually. So Chris Matt was probably one of the better Cardinals who performed yesterday because, um, you know, on the offensive side, Goldschmidt was two for two. But, I mean, other than that, the, the story of this game was Milwaukee just absolutely obliterating St. Louis. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Uh, they had home runs from Yelich and Braun and Vogelbach. Uh, Huria also had a home run. Vogelbach had a double. Vogelbach had a great day. He had he was uh, three for four with four runs driven in. Excuse me, um, three runs. He was uh, he was really good. There's no ifs ands or buts about that as well. Uh, Brett Anderson went six innings, two runs, two walks, three strikeouts. Uh, there were a couple times throughout the game where you thought, okay, the Cardinals can chip away in the fifth and seventh innings. But I mean, by that point, the game was just too far gone. Uh, it was, it, it was brutal. Um, luckily, um, you know, baseball is a sport where you don't have to wait too many days until uh, the uh, the 
until you can t- uh, turn the page and move on. And that is what we're going to do. And before we do talk about that, there is a moment in the game that I do want to talk about, and that is the benches clearing conversation, benches clearing confrontation. Um, so what what happened was is Molina and Braun were, you know, talking things out, kind of upset here in the fifth inning. Braun got a strike call that he didn't like. And then a couple batters later, or a couple pitches later, rather, it might have been the next pitch. I don't know. can't remember exactly. Um, Molina gets called for a catcher's interference. And that was his first interference. I th- it was yeah, his first interference since 2006, uh, September. September the twenty uh, fifth was his first time since was his last interference. September twenty fifth, two thousand and six. So that doesn't happen to Molina very often. And while um, while Schilt was over there tending to Molina because the bat almost cut more of his wrist than it did the actual glove, he heard something he didn't like, and then he turned around and said something to the Brewers, and then they were everybody was out of the dugout arguing, and Molina. And Jerko, we're having some words. Jerko was trying to play peacekeeper, which you like to see. But, you know, at the end of the day, the, the optics on this were not very good because, you know, you have a team that's losing. At that point, it was only 12-2, to two, but the bases were loaded in the fifth, so you knew where that was going to go. Um, but, you know, the Cardinals are already playing all these double headers because of a uh COVID-19 suspension or you know delay so having everybody huddled up like that wasn't good and 12 to 2 I, I just don't think that that's a, a a time for anybody that wants to get into a benches clearing anything I understand this is very low-key no punches were thrown it was just a lot of conversations and Shilton Molina took exception to some things that Braun and maybe the rest of the Brewers said um, Craig Council said that there was a miscommunication and uh, wouldn't elaborate on what Schilt heard or what set Schilt off. He said, I'm just going to leave it alone. But both these teams really have a track record of trying to avoid these these uh, situations. So it's understandable that, you know, neither team wanted to comment. And, you know, when you're playing a team 10 times in two weeks, tempers are bound to flare up at least once. And it happened last night. And I think it is what it is for St. Louis and Milwaukee. And it was, I don't know, it was a storyline that didn't need to be made, but it was kind of, I think Cardinals were frustrated with the score. Milwaukee took you know, kind of, you know, they were in the lead, so maybe they they were inclined to say a little bit more than they should have said, but I don't know. At the end of the day, this was an ugly, 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 (laughs) ugly game for St. Louis. Uh, They fall underneath 500 for the first time. Not for the first time, but they have a a threat of going under 500 for the season for the first time since 2007. Um, And that is not good for their postseason hopes, and we will talk about the postseason hopes, and the doubleheader today coming up in just a moment. The new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious than before. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors, and six new flavors to add to their delicious resume. Their six new flavors include caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake, apple almond crisp, and more. This goes along with their 12 original flavors, which include coconut almond, raspberry, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, coconut, toffee almond, and so much more. Bars are covered 100% in chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. But just because they're covered in chocolate does not mean they're not healthy. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in this delicious treat. 
Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Great for the keto diet. And right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com, you can get a free cooler with your purchase while all supplies last. So head over there quickly for your chance to get a free cooler with your purchase. You can also use the promo code Locked On to get $10 off your next order. Again, that's promo code Locked On for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. All right, before we talk about the uh, doubleheader coming up today, uh, tomorrow's show we'll do a recap of the doubleheader and a preview of the game coming up against uh, Pittsburgh tomorrow, the 17th. Um, So be sure to tune in for there, and be sure to like, subscribe to the show, and um, let me know what you guys want to hear me talk about. you know, my, like I talked about, my listenership has been going up recently, and that's great. Uh, but let me know what you guys want me to talk about by interacting with me on Twitter. LJ Fastball and LO underscore Cardinals is the show's Twitter and Instagram handle. So head over there for that good stuff. So without further ado, let's go ahead and talk about... Uh, actually, before we talk about the uh, the doubleheader, we're going to talk about the MLB postseason bracket, the bubble implications. Um and I love it. I think it, it, it's it's great. I think that it it's necessary. Um, I think that there might be some issues, or you might run into different um, things when you look at teams playing in the West Coast, because you wonder, okay, with, with the air quality there, with with all of the um, with all of the uh, wildfires, you wonder that. But I mean, that that's a problem for another time. I think uh, because you got two two. Three series that'll be in the West Coast after the wild card round. The ALDS, one of them is being in San Diego, and the ALCS is San Diego. The other ALDS is in LA. So the way this is working, if you guys haven't seen it, the wild card series are being played in the higher seed city. Uh, those are the eight teams that are being played, and then the winner of those wild card series, those are best of three, move into the traditional playoff rounds. Uh, NLDS, ALCS, or the Division Series, Championship Series, and World Series. The NLDS are being played in Arlington and Houston. And the way that works is, is the, top, the, uh, the, the top division winner is playing the second wild card, and the NL second is playing number one, NL second number two. Those are all going into Arlington. NL division number three, NL second number three are going into Houston along with NL division number two and NL wild card number one. The way this is looking right now uh, with the Cardinals' current postseason, um, current postseason standings, if you will, if the season were to end today, and I understand we have a long way to go, but the Cardinals would be um, the second winner out of the division. They'd be that sixth seed. Um, so, the, so they they would probably be heading to Houston. Um, if they were to win, they'd be in that Houston part of the bracket. And I think this is good for baseball. I think that this adds some, um, you know, the, the playoffs in itself adds some excitement to it. And I love the the, the neutral site. Um, the one thing I am kind of bummed about is um, Arlington, Texas. I think that the stadium's great. I, I don't know about you guys. Whenever I watch highlights of games being played at Globe Life Park, um, and I've watched a lot of Lance Lynn highlights this year, uh, I just get this feeling that they're – the, the camera's in an odd spot. I don't know if you guys feel that way too, but the just an odd thing. Again, it, it's not a huge thing. It's just a, a little thing that I get uh, involved with. Um, 
it's just kind of weird. So right now they'll be heading to Arlington, it looks like, uh, if, if they were to stay in their second-place position. But uh, that remains to be seen, and that will have to do with what the rest of the season looks like. And that starts with a doubleheader tonight. 4-10 the first pitch with Adam Wainwright going on the hill. 4-1 uh, with a 2.91 ERA. Coming off one of his worst starts of his season, which it wasn't even that bad of a start. He was able to go uh, six innings, gave up three runs on eight hits. Um... You know, it's his first loss of the season, and I think that Wainwright bounced back, bounces back tonight. He's one of those guys that uh, he's a veteran guy. He knows how to come back from losses, and he has really good numbers in the Brewers against his career, in his career, uh, his career that spans back to 2005. He's 17 and 10 with a 2.45 record in that span. Um, you know, just to play devil's advocate here, though, when you look at numbers um, between 2017 and 2019, uh, those can tend to not be good because then um, ZRA is a little bit higher in the last two years, especially 2018, 2019, they're closer to four. Uh, but I like what Wainwright brings to the table. I don't, I never doubt whenever Wainwright's on the bump, um, you're going up against the guy, Brandon Woodruff, who's had some success against St. Louis in his career, four earned and 10 and two thirds of an inning, four games and two starts overall. So it's it's not a toss up because I think that the Cardinals um, tend to win these kind of games. Winter Woodruff's coming off a really really good start against Chicago when he went seven innings, uh, struck out twelve Cubs, and that's not easy to do because that Cub offense can be deadly. Uh, but I just I don't know if it's blind optimism or what, but I, I really like the Cardinals' chances to win Game One. They need to win both, I think, for me to be comfortable going into the rest of the season. Um, because right now it's the standing sit coming into play today. They're only they're five games out of the division, so I think winning the division is out of the question. I I think it's over. I think the Cardinals need to just stay afloat and be able to beat Cincinnati and Milwaukee. Because Cincinnati and Milwaukee are just a half a game back and a game back, respectively, of St. Louis. So St. Louis is not going to win the division this year. I don't think there's a chance unless the Cubs. Unless the Cubs just forget how to play the sport of baseball and the Cardinals absolutely demolish everybody in their path by winning out. <laughs> I think that that's one of the only things you can see as the, one of the only situations that you see as the Cardinals actually winning out. And, uh, but that's not going to happen. So I just think that the postseason hopes for the Cardinals need to be in uh, playing the best baseball they can and getting second place and getting in with, with, with that uh, second place because once they fall out of that, Second place, I just, you know, they're not in the postseason picture if they fall into the wild card spot because uh, the wild card spots are currently occupied by the Phillies and Giants, who are a game over and a game under 500, respectively. Um, so, Cardinals need to stay above 500 and they need to just stay afloat. They need, they need at least to gain a split today. Um, I feel hopeful with that going. They haven't announced a game two starter as of the time of this recording early Wednesday morning. Um, Brett Suter is going for the car. Cubs in uh, game two. He was pretty dominant against the Cubs as well. Um, he struck out six, one hit over three scoreless. Um, this He's starting his third game. All of his other games have been in relief. So um, Cardinals, at bare minimum here, need to split. Uh, I know that that would be a, four, a one and four road trip against Milwaukee. Best case scenario, obviously, that they sweep. I just don't see that happening with the way the offense has been performing. And uh, you know, especially when you, when you talk about what it was like last night, you think Cardinals get one run and you have Jack Flaherty on the hill, you think that's a good thing. But then Jack Flaherty kind of struggles like he has been all season. And just a quick note on Flaherty, he needs to figure it out. There's no, there's no way around that. Flaherty 
uh, is one of the Cardinals' best pitchers, and right now he's just simply not getting it done. Um, and he needs to figure out, if the Cardinals want to have any success, he needs to be able to pitch like he did last year. Maybe not a .91 ERA, but he needs to pitch, you know, at least to a, a two ERA, not not giving up nine earned in three innings. Uh, I think he can do it. It's a, it's a blip on the radar, hopefully, but he needs to be able to figure it out because um, this offense needs to be able to have strong pitching in front of it because, you know, the outfield itself is abysmal when you got guys like Harrison Bader, uh, Tommy, or, uh, excuse me, Tyler O'Neill. Those are really only two actual outfielders you have on this team. I mean, Tommy Edmund can play the outfield along with Ravello. Um, can as well a little bit. I mean, Lane Thomas, yes, but he hasn't really garnered much, enough much playing time. But this offense has some problems, and they're not. This team isn't going to go anywhere without strong pitching, and the Cardinals need to see some strong pitching fast. And it starts with with Jack Flaherty. Uh, hopefully, Adam Wainwright can write the ship today. Two two seven inning games, two and in. I'll be tweeting the game as much as I can as well. I'll be watching tonight and coming back with you guys tomorrow. So that's all I got for the show on Wednesday. Email the show lockedoncards at gmail.com with any comments, complaints, or concerns. And as always, my name is Lucas Smith. Stay safe. Stay well. Have a great day. Thank you.